No fish have been harmed in the making of this podcast. Thank you for joining me on Talking Bass in PDX. This is the Bass and Warm Water Forum, where we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark, and I'll be your host. Well, first off, let me thank everybody who's been listening. It appears that we're gaining a lot more listeners. A lot of folks here in the Northwest enjoy talking bass. And I certainly enjoy talking about bass fishing. As a matter of fact, in February, I was out. It was a nice warm day. Water temperature was 46.5 degrees on the Willamette River, and it was great. Fish were biting. Now, we've had a little rain since then, and I'm sure that the water has uh, turned back over again. There's some mud in the river, so fishing will be back here very shortly. Also attended the, the Northwest Sportsman Show. Very nice show this year. For those of you who listened to my last episode, I had Henry on from Oregon State University. In fact, he's the president uh, of the uh, Bass Club. And I started looking, as we were talking about uh, peeler custom fishing rods, I started looking at the website. Now, of course, a lot of us shop online these days, and we look at different uh, websites to buy not only tackle but uh, rods and things like that. And I found this website is very, very helpful. It will help you build a rod. The other thing about Peeler Custom Fishing Rods is they're built right here in Oregon, so they're local. You can actually talk with the owner, Brandon Peeler, and tell him exactly how you want that rod built. So I contacted uh, Brandon. We had a great conversation. We talked a little bit about bass fishing, of course, and then we got into rod building and how he got into it. And I found that he's building some really, really nice rods for folks. You can go on the website and explore, look around. You'll actually find that he's got a form on there that will help you build the type of rod that you are looking for. And I found that to be very, very helpful. Also, Brandon will build you a rod specific to the type of fishing that you're doing. So if you are drop shot fishing or flipping and pitching, Brandon can build it. He can even build the type of blank that you're looking for too. So it can be a completely custom rod or it can have some special features on it. Also, if you get on the website, check out the fish bum apparel that he's got. God, I thought it was great. Uh, they've, they've really got some nice stuff on there, some hats, some shirts, T-shirts, things of that nature. So take a look at that. I think you'll really enjoy that. And so let's get on to the interview. Well, Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Don. I appreciate you having me on here. Um, I really enjoy everything that you're doing for for the bass community up here in the Northwest. Well, thanks. You know, it's it's always been one of my passions is bass fishing and warm water fishing. And as I have uh, gotten further and further into the podcast, you know, I keep reaching out to folks, and I'll meet one person, and then and that'll lead me to somebody else. And basically, that's uh, that's how you and I met. You know, I had. Uh, I had Henry on just uh, this past month, and, and we talked a little bit about uh, Oregon State uh, bass fishing and their team, and uh, that led me to your website. And we'll talk more about uh, about that uh, coming up here in a few minutes. But 
let's talk a little bit about you for a minute. How did you get into fishing? Well, I've pretty much been fishing ever since I could hold a rod, pretty much. Um, started out trout fishing with my, my grandfather and my dad um, down in California. That's where I was originally born. Um, did some o- ocean fishing here and there. My dad had an ocean boat, so we'd go out and do some rock bass fishing, occasional barracuda. Um, so, you know, that's what really got me started in it. And when we moved up here when I was really young, um, we kind of continued that and and continued trout fishing and, and figuring out more of the kind of fishing you can do up in Oregon. You know, it's always just kind of stuck with me. And as I got older, became a lot more interested in it and started to branch out. Before I even got into bass fishing, I was uh, mostly doing steelhead fishing when I was about 13, 14 years old. You know, caught my first couple steelhead and, and loved it. And then bass fishing really hit me um, about middle of high school. Um, rode, I grew up in the Portland area after I moved up here. And then, you know, started riding my back, bike around, found found the Willamette River and decided to throw a line in with a rooster tail and, and got lucky catching a couple bass. And ever since then, I kept going back through high school, you know, experimenting more with, with bass baits, figuring out how to fish for them and um, end up meeting the Oregon State bass fishing team as they always are at at the sportsman show. And that kind of stuck with me and made me decide to go there for a few years. And that kind of brought me into the big world of bass fishing and how much more there was to it and got got my uh, fair share of chances to go fish some tournaments down in California for the school and, um, you know, got myself a boat, it it really pulled something in me, really triggered something to really get into the sport of bass fishing. And so ever since I had my boat, it's it's been nonstop ever since, just, just bass fishing. Well, that's great. I love when people fish a variety of fish and and then kind of pick one type or another and kind of, uh, you know, really start to develop that, uh, that talent because um, – it's amazing how long you can spend just developing what you like. Now, as you are fishing with uh, Oregon State, talk about some of the tournaments that you went to. How well did you do? What did you learn at some of those tournaments? Yeah, um, so my very first tournament, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, we went down to Clear Lake, California, and I was I would really consider myself a novice bass fisherman at that point, but... Uh, my teammate Biagio decided to give me a chance and take me down there. He was like, man, you can tie your own fishing knots. You can, uh, you know, kind of get the gist of what's going on. Let's see what we can make happen. And that first tournament, I really stank, to be honest. I, uh, we were fishing a lot of bed fish and, you know, kind of chasing balls of shad around. I was missing fish left and right, and I was getting frustrated. And <laughs> the best story I got from that first tournament of mine is we were on this bed fish and I just kept missing and missing and missing it was a decent size you know largemouth we needed to score well in the tournament and uh after a bunch of missed tries Biagio throws in like let me show you how to do this and pulls the fish up first try and 
you know, ever since then, I I told myself I'm gonna I'm gonna teach myself how to do that. And so, I uh, came back up here after that tournament and started practicing more. Um, did a couple more tournaments in, I believe that was New Maloney's we went to, and then went to the Delta after that. Um, and New Maloney's we did okay. I mean, those college tournaments are pretty small. Um, and I believe we played somewhere eighth or ninth out of, I want to say, 10 or 15 teams. And then the California Delta tournament I went to, uh, the first time my, myself fishing down there, um, we actually ended up placing second. You know, just kind of worked our way up to getting better at, at fishing that body of water. Luckily, I was with somebody who was really familiar with that body of water, but um, we did pretty well in that tournament. And after that, I went back to Clear Lake one more time. We didn't do so well, but, um, you know, got a lot of learning experience of just doing those tournaments in general and, and, and getting to fish those amazing fisheries down there and, you know, had to really learn different techniques that you don't necessarily see up here in Oregon, um, like chasing schools of shad or very heavy flipping techniques and, and stuff like that. So that's just kind of how college tournaments, you know, really, really taught me a lot. Well, that's great, and, and and I have personally fished Clear Lake, and Clear Lake can um, can be a tough lake, or it can just uh, give you everything you ever wanted in bass fishing. So, yeah, hang in there when you go to Clear Lake. It's it's a huge, huge body of water. Now, after you came back from that uh, that first tournament, this is a question that I that I always get interested in because uh, the basically the same thing happened to me. What bait did you go to to start learning to, how to catch bass and to get that feel? I honestly went straight to a weightless wacky rig Senko. That's where I went straight to first, made myself just fish it until I got good at it. And I wouldn't let myself change until I felt comfortable, had something to rely on in my back pocket. Yeah, that you know that is always a thing that I that I talk when I talk to fishermen and especially bass anglers, they always have that one bait that they that they went to. Mine was a curly tail grub. I I learned on a on a grub, and uh, there were days that I would go back and go back and go back to it because uh, because I could catch fish. So as you got better at it. How did you learn your your rod technique just by feel, or did you do, did you practice uh, that also? Yeah, that technique really um, it really taught me what the bite felt like, the the feel of of what the bass is really doing when it's it's targeting your bait. And you know, I had a basic, very basic understanding of of the nature of bass and when it comes to them feeding and, and catching them. And so, you know, really feeling for those soft bites and, you know, if they're just playing around with the bait and they're not really, you know, really have the hook in their mouth yet, when to set the hook, um, that's, that's where I learned, you know, to be patient with them. And especially on those harder days when the fishing can be slow, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I have that bait as my back pocket bait on those hard, harder days because I know that patience is key with that kind of bait and and that's the kind of bite that it may be that day. And that really allowed me to kind of expand 
out of that just wacky Rick Sanko setup to, you know, flipping techniques. Because I really use that that bait, that Sanko as an all-around bait, flipping it up into stuff that I probably shouldn't be, <laughs> right? But, you know, doing stuff with it that you wouldn't normally do and, and realizing, okay, I can apply this to, to other baits like flipping techniques or drop shotting techniques, you know, other other soft bait techniques that that kind of have a similar bite, you know, but really trying to learn from that Sanko what what the bass is doing under there under the water. Sure, absolutely. Now, as you've you know honed your techniques and you know pl- plastic baits are, um, are well, they're my favorite. You know, when I was growing up, uh, all that we threw were crankbaits, and that's what I all, that's all I thought that bass would bite. And I didn't catch many fish, by the way, because it wasn't very good at it. But um, <laughs> boy, when I got to plastic baits, I really, really enjoyed them. So as you, as you've honed your skills, what what baits did you try? Which ones did you like? Which ones did you kind of put back in the box? And it's like, well, they're kind of sitting there. Well, I I uh, you know kind of shifted over. Being in the bass club really helped me. It uh, a lot of guys had experience with with different baits, so they kind of pointed me in the right direction of where to go next. And that that direction really landed me on you know beaver flipping baits and uh, Kitex swim baits, anything of that kind of nature. And so that's where I kind of stepped up to next for soft plastics was um, I started flipping a lot of beavers, started flipping a lot of Kitex, really really honing in that flipping technique. And after that, it really just kind of stuck with me with those. I mean, I don't, I don't vary too far out of that. You know, sometimes some trick worms, I'll go there, some uh, uh, drop shotting worms, um, really just kind of testing the waters with different soft plastics. But, you know, those main three, Sankos and, and, and little swim baits and any kind of craw, craw bait or beaver bait um, are my ones that I go to now still. Yeah, and that's that's great when you get to a, an area, and I'm the same way. I I was out uh, fishing here recently, and um, I tried four or five new plastics that uh, that are on the market, and uh, I was having okay luck. But I, as soon as I went back to the crawdad, I I, I started catching fish, so I, I was happy with that. Now. In the Portland metro area, or even up here in the Northwest, what's your favorite body of water to fish? Um, my favorite body of water overall is definitely the Willamette River, the Upper Willamette. Um, you know, I kind of grew up fishing it. Um, moved away from it when I was in college, living down in Corvallis. I, I fished a lot more coastal lakes when I was down there, and those those are just as awesome. But the the body of water I feel the most comfortable on and have the most confidence on is definitely the upper Willamette. Um, smallmouth fishing is is what kind of got me started, and so it's it's only in my nature to get better at it. Um, but I do enjoy going out to um, Henry Hag. That 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 can be some awesome fishing out there, um, and uh, definitely heading down towards the coast. Um, you know, Pakenich and and Ten Mile down there can can produce a lot of fun and and big fish. And just for our audience, because not only do we reach out to the state, but uh, we're also listening around the world, basically. Um, 
uh, we when I look at my numbers for the podcast, it's amazing at how many folks that uh, don't live here in the U.S. Uh, listen to the show. So for for those of you who are not familiar with the Portland area, the Willamette River is running right through the middle of Portland. You can fish right downtown, but above the uh, falls and back uh, about to about the town of Newburgh is what we consider the upper Willamette, even though I, I believe it would be called the mid-Willamette, but we'll call it the upper Willamette because that's what I call it. And Brandon's right. There is a there's a group of uh, coastal lakes here on the in the Oregon coast that are just phenomenal uh, for fishing. Brandon min- mentioned um, Henry Hag Lake. That is a, a man-made lake that is uh, just west of Portland, uh, about an hour, and uh, another really phenomenal uh, fishery out there. They have, a, they have a variety out there. So I just wanted to kind of clear that up for, for some of the folks uh, that listen that may not be familiar with the Portland metro area. Now let's talk a little bit more about the Willamette because you picked that as your favorite, my favorite also, by the way. What's the, not giving away a secret spot, but what area of that lay, of that river do you like the best? Um, I definitely like the area as close as you can get to the falls, um, anywhere kind of in between there and about a mile to up. Uh, that general area has always produced well. I uh, never fail to, you know, have that terrible of a day up there. Um, and and generally, too, that that area has a lot of good, um, a lot of good water to fish. Um, there's a lot of different kind of structures down there, especially if you have any kind of sonar system. Um, you can check out some really cool spots that, that's got a lot of spots for those bass to hold on to, to attack from, and so um, that that area is, is my favorite. It seems like almost every time I go out, I find something something new to fish and 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 uh, produce fish off of. So that, that's that's what really keeps me going out there. Is it just always surprises me when I when I go out searching for for new spots. And so I'll just caution everybody: if you go and fish that area, it's phenomenal. By the way, from the from the Willamette Falls back up uh, past the town of um, Westland, and uh, you head into an area called Rock Island, and they call it Rock Island for a real specific reason. There are a lot of rocks. Uh, just be careful if you're in there fishing. Uh, the rocks are uh, are shallow, and you just want to just want to pay attention. But there are just as Brandon said, there are some phenomenal places that the the bass uh, hang on to there, and uh, so that's a that's a great area to uh, to go in and fish. And when you're fishing that area, um, you're 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 still throwing your senko, right? Well, so I've kind of I've kind of moved away from that for smallmouth, um, not not on a wacky rig anymore. Um, it's a lot more more bottom baits like shaky heads. Um, Tokyo rigs, um, you know, hard bait fishing here and there, depending on what's going on, and uh, and actually some drop shotting too. Um, all those techniques seem seem to work pretty well up there, especially if you can find um, rock drop offs or any kind of down wood on the banks um, that's got some some depth to it. You guys can uh, 
get into some good fish doing some of those techniques. Uh, those, those are my uh, handful, handful of techniques I, I heavily rely on up, up on the river. And the one that you didn't mention, which I, I actually um, I have a fish up on uh, up on social media right now myself. I, I caught her uh, just this this past weekend. Caught it on a Ned rig. And so, do you do any Ned rig fishing? You know, I don't. Um, I've I've uh, attempted it a few times here and there. It's just it's just one of those techniques. Um, you know, and one thing that me and my, all my fishing buddies talk about, we all fish pretty differently and have, have those baits we're really comfortable with. And, and, you know, Ned rigs have never just been one of those baits that I can really feel super confident in fishing. I, I kind of know it's a good bait and I know I should probably be fishing it more. Um, and no, no doubting on the people that use them. I, I think they work really well, but it's just, you know, one of those things I haven't haven't completely fulfilled my confidence in. Well, it is one of those um, baits, at least for Oregon, that you have to wait until it's a little warmer. Um, mm-hmm. Early in the year, yeah, the fish are suspended, so a lot of the techniques that you've been talking about are really, really good for uh, early spring and spring and even into the summer, but... Um, you know, once they start to move down, then, then some of those other uh, tight techniques where you're getting closer to the bottom work a little bit better. As long as we're talking about fish, what about your personal best? Yeah, my my personal best is a largemouth, which uh, I'm very proud of, but want to beat at some some point. It's it's nothing staggering, but it, if I remember right, it's a six one eight. Um, that I caught down at one of the coastal lakes, um, actually wacky rig fishing. So my go-to bait that I learned on caught me, caught me my PB that I still have to this day and yet to beat, um, that I'm hoping to beat soon. We'll see this, this coming season. I'm, I'm hoping to get into one that, that puts it to shame, but we shall see. (laughs) Well, Anything over six here in uh, the Northwest is a really, really good fish. Um, if you get down in the South or you get uh, even down in California, uh, you probably could top it. But um, you know, frankly, up here in the Northwest, you know, six-pound fish really, really good. So uh, that's that's great. Now, once you got past college and started, uh, you know, you had to get in the real world. Uh, you're still fishing some. But you got into rod making. Tell me a little bit about how that happened. Well, rod rod building for me kind of started when I was uh, in high school, about 14, 15 years old, um, maybe 16-ish. But uh, I got done steelhead fishing. I had just caught a, a steelhead on my birthday. And so it was the greatest birthday present ever. And... Uh, it really got me thinking, like, man, I really love this sport. I really really want to do more. I want to learn more. And um, I just got to thinking, I wonder how hard it is to build a fishing rod. And started watching YouTube videos, seeing how people do it. And um, I'm a very hands-on, you know, mechanical person that really likes making things and building things. And so... I thought I'd give it a try, and I 
I gathered everything that I would need to get the job done, um, very basic materials, cork handles, um, you know, nothing super, super fancy to start. And I gave it a shot and went out fishing with it, found my found my flaws that I didn't do so right, um, and kept trying it and trying it again and, until I built um, my first rod that I still have today. It's not as pretty as as I as the rods I build now, but that's kind of how I got started on it, um, and kind of been building them ever since. Um, definitely not in the volume that I do now, but um, start building them for friends and family, um, and and having them really pick through all all the flaws that I have and and different changes that they wanted made, and and starting to realize that. I could do this for more people and, and, and try to personalize and customize rods to whatever they wanted. It, it opened up a whole new world of, of fishing rods to me that I never really knew was there until um, I started looking into it and how many different things you can really do to change how a fishing rod fishes and how light it is, how how many different actions and different feels you can really get out of a fishing rod, um, especially when you have the chance to customize it. And so, you know, going through college, a lot of my friends kept having me build them fishing rods. Um, and that's where I really started to get my most, the most practice, as I call it, really trying to perfect my craft doing that. And once I got out of school, uh, into the real world, as you say, uh, I kind of stuck with it. And, and wanted to start a side business, small business out of it because I just love it so much. And I love bringing a rod to somebody that means a lot to them and isn't just off the shelf. And that's my biggest thing is is I want it to be so much more than just, just a fishing rod that you can go buy off the shelf at a store um, and, and really bring out the most, all the capabilities a fishing rod can really have and, and make all the fishermen more more successful. Well, that's great. Now we've been talking about about the fact that uh, you know now you're you're starting to kind of move this into a business. So let's tell the folks that are listening about the website and and some of the things that they can do on that website as far as building a custom rod. Yeah. So our our website um, pewfishing.com I've kind of built out in two different ways. I have stock rods. I call them stock rods, but it's basically the the simple version of, of building a custom fishing rod. So I have selected um, blanks for different categories, um, mostly bass fishing categories, but I do have some freshwater, small freshwater fish options, and I have some salmon steelhead options on there as well. Um, and if you go under the custom fishing rods tab on my website, um, you can start getting a build done right now. And I give you the options for the different kind of blank you're looking for, um, the grip style, which we offer cork, um, woven carbon, and also American tackle um, carbon grips. And you also can pick your kind of fishing guide, which they vary. Um, I give the micro guide option, which to me have – really great applications, especially when it comes to bass fishing, um, you know, making 
more accurate cast, longer distance casting. Um, you know, there's there's really some good applications for those. Um, and then two other standard uh, Fuji guides, but there's a there's a mid level for for the south side rings um, guide, which is kind of just your standard guide, and then uh, your Fuji torch side guides, which are your high end uh, fishing guides that kind of set you apart from from just your normal guides you'll see on some stock rods. These are the best of the best, in my opinion. Um, and then from there, on the website, you can also do some custom, custom decal text. I'll make decals for you, whatever you want to say. Um, I try to keep my logoing, my logoing to a minimum on, on the fishing rods I build for people. I really want it to be something that's yours, and I don't want to slap my logo all over your design. And then you can also choose um, your thread wrap, thread wrap colors as well. Um, so those are those, those, that's the quickest way to to have a rod built is through those those tabs on my website. But I also have another custom tab. If you look at the bottom of the page, there there's a custom build request um, that you can click on and fill out. And that's basically um, the best way to enter the world of more more personalized and customizable options for components, colorways, anything that you can really think of. Um, that's the best way to really expand that horizon of more options that I can bring to the table for you, for people out there looking into getting a custom rod. Um, and you don't necessarily have to fill out that form either. Um, DMing us on, on social media works as well, email, calling my phone number is listed on the website you can also text me um if you have any questions um and so that that's really the best way to 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 get a custom rod um built by us um it really just kind of depends what you're looking for and 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 where you're trying to take a take a custom rod well that is uh, a really good explanation now for those folks that are out there looking for a bass rod, first of all, if you want one built by an individual up here in the Northwest, I would definitely take a look at peelerfishing.com because uh, some of these pictures are phenomenal. But one of the things that I saw is uh, under your tab of custom fishing rods under bass rods, a custom finesse rod. I love finesse fishing. I like to, uh, to do a Carolina rig. And uh, and fish that way, um, so that is probably right up my alley because I love the very sensitive feel of a rod, and I and I do have some some higher end rods, but uh, for the folks out there looking for a for a custom rod, I definitely would uh, would take a look at these and uh, and and uh, see what's available to you. Now, not only uh, do you have uh, regular guides, but now you mentioned some some high end guides too. So folks can pick can they pick the type of blank that they want and the uh, and the eyes, or how is that set up? Yeah, so um, on the website, uh, if you choose to go under um, any of the products I have listed under the custom fishing rods tab, um, there is sections on there that. You can choose the blank. It will list all of the specs of the blanks I have put under that category. So 
whether it's the flipping and pitching rod, finesse rod, those blanks are all tailored um, to that technique. And so there's a variety of blanks you can choose from. And then you, as well, can choose um, the guides. And so on there you'll see a list on the drop-down menu that says micro, micro guides and then the felt, felt fast light and toward sight guides um, from Fuji that you can also choose as well. Um, and like I said, it's, it's the best way to kind of just see where building a custom rod will take you. My images are attached to what the grip of the fishing rod, rod will look like. Um, I unfortunately don't have pictures of, of the guides on there, but um, you kind of get a feel for, for what you're picking and choosing. But now if you fill out a, a uh, custom build request or get in contact with us, those, those options are still available. Um, there's even more options that you can look into with different kinds of guides, any kind of blank, really. I can, uh, I can try to find almost anything you're looking for. There's, there's a lot of different manufacturers, especially in the Northwest, that, that make a good variety of blanks that, that I rely on, and I can definitely, definitely find um, something hopefully exactly what you're looking for, but that's not always the case, but something something pretty close. Um, and that's the great thing about custom fishing rods. There, there's a lot of options out there to uh, to fit your needs for what you're trying to fish for and what you're trying to do. And not only are you, uh, are you, you know, we're covering a lot of bass stuff because that's what we're talking about, but you also build salmon, steelhead rods. And I, I know on the interview I had with Henry, he was talking about a – Lincod rod that you were building. Yes. Um, so uh, one of my buddies, Drew Hofer, he's also listed on our team's page. Um, he's out of uh, near Seattle up there in Washington and done a lot of ocean fishing. And, and Lincod specifically, he, he likes to fish for. And so he came to me asking if I had ever built one and said no, but I built something close. And I know I can do it. And so we we got together and started putting our heads together on what what he was looking for out of a of a lingcod fishing rod. And I was pointing them in the direction of components I would use to to meet his goals. And we ended up coming up with this really sweet design um, for his lingcod rod that he ended up calling the Godfather that I decaled up for him. And um, you know, still still doing the finishing touches on it, um, and he's going to be getting out this lingcod season to test it out. Um, but you know, like I said, it it was awesome to to do something for a a fishery and a technique that I wasn't super super familiar with. I understood the basics and what he needed, um, but you know, when it comes to to being put in that position with with a specific rod someone's looking for, I'm really willing to work with, with anybody on trying to, to get what they want and and uh, build what they need for fishing. Well, that's great. You know, and again, if folks are looking uh, at your, you know, for your website, they want to look up peelerfishing.com. Now, I'll have it in the show notes so that folks can click on it there, too. And the, and as I've been looking at your website, one of the things that I you know I always look uh, at what kind of um, 
apparel folks have. I have a little bit of apparel for the the uh, Talking Bass and PDX uh, folks that I meet, and I, I have hats. But you have Fish Bum uh, apparel, and I've been looking through it, and it is it is so cool. Tell folks a little bit about what you've got for apparel. Yeah, so um, my my lovely fiance, she's a awesome artist, and she actually was the one who has done all of my logoing, um, all the designs for the apparel, and then she also helps me do all the designs for decals that go on rods. And so that kind of expanded into doing fish bum and apparel. Um, you know, just kind of calling ourselves some fish bums out there, always going fishing all the time, and and that's really where it stemmed from. And so uh, we we started uh, creating some apparel and trying to tailor it to some northwest locations too, um, with with some of the some of the shirts we have on there. Like I think we have the the Triangle Lake short sleeve on there. That that shirt is a very meaningful meaningful shirt to me but um yeah uh, our apparel is is up on the website it's really easy to order and um it, it gets to you pretty quick so if you're looking for some good good fishing apparel while you're out there catching some hopefully hogs um i hope those those apparel bring you some luck <laughs> yeah that's always good you know to have a uh have a shirt that you know when you put it on, or a or a sweatshirt, especially up here in the Northwest. You'll need that sometimes, uh, and you and you're you're more confident when you're out there fishing. Well, this has been great information uh, about custom rods and how they're built, and how you could get your own by by uh, checking into uh, Brandon's uh, website. And I would uh, I would hope that some folks will uh, you know phone you up or send in a uh, a request and order up a rod or two because they're uh, they're very reasonably priced uh, they don't they don't I've been wa- looking at the website they don't seem to be overpriced and uh, Brandon I'd like to thank you for uh, coming on the podcast yeah thank you so much Don I I really appreciate it this is awesome and there he goes Brandon Peeler again. Thank you, Brandon, for coming on the podcast and being on the show. I really do appreciate it. You know, I'd like to talk to all the listeners and and ask you to help us keep growing. Tell your friends. Let all your fishing partners know. Let everybody know that we can be heard on all of the big platforms, Spotify, Anchor FM, iTunes, iHeartRadio. And if you have a laptop computer, Google us. You'll find us on Google also. So if you enjoy the show, share it with your friends. I'll have contact information for Peeler Custom Rods down in the show notes. And for feedback for me, email me at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody for listening. Until next time, this has been Don Clark, Talking Bass in PDX. And I'll see you on the back cast. Mm-hmm.